Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I will be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of it too. How you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. So becoming kingdom-minded and encountering his presence and his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So today, for day six of the podcast, I would love to go back and tell you a little bit more of New Zealand, how it ended up being, and I went there, and a few events that happened while I was there, including seeing angels. Now, I'm not going to tell you everything that happened in New Zealand but I am going to tell you a little bit now and a little bit on a future episode. But I can't wait to get started because it's pretty exciting. So let's start with what happened before I went. Okay, so as I mentioned, I had met someone, a guy who was pastoring a church out there in New Zealand in, I think, Opanoni is how you say it. I'm not sure. I have to go back and look. <laughs> but it was not Auckland. It was like out in the like Timbuktu kind of area. Really, really beautiful. Um, it was just so pretty. And I was out there maybe six weeks or so. Unless it was eight. I think it was six weeks. So anyway, I, you know, I was looking at tickets and I was like, oh, but I need to get my passport renewed and all this stuff. And so what I was, I remember, and I had, I had to look back and I had to see, okay, was this time frame the time frame? Like, was am I right? Was it four to six weeks? Yes. So it was four to six weeks. I said, hey, you know, it's going to take this long to get the passport. I didn't expedite it. I'm just going to pray for an expedited service. And so, you know, I was, I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come in April or March or what's going to happen. But if it comes, early, like I'm praying, then I'll just come earlier. So I needed to get there in time. It ends up coming. Okay. So I'm in my apartment and all of a sudden I got a word, go check your mail. Your passport's here. It was crazy. I'm not kidding. It was just like that. And I was like, Oh, I think my passport's here. I'm literally on the phone with this guy. And I'm like, I think my passport's here. He's like, why? I just got a word that it was here. So I went out there and it's like only two weeks and I go out there and there's my passport. I was like, yep, got it in my hand. It was so crazy. So that's the first thing. It was just like, you know, if I'm supposed to come, it'll just be here because if I'm supposed to come, I'll just do the passport thing. And, you know, I had been, I was planning to do the PCT. So I was going to hike from, you know, all the way up from like the border and then like down from where the border is all the way up to Canada. And so, sorry, I'm getting distracted right now because I was, I just got a text message. Anyway, so I had planned out my, the whole, like, you know, my drop off. I had got like a bunch of inventory, like inventory, (laughs) things I needed to go on the hike. And then this whole trip comes up and, you know, this relationship had like started growing a little bit. So anyway, so the passport was one thing because I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go on this hike, blah, blah, blah. And my friend's going to meet me at every week to give me supplies or, you know, like drop off the supplies. I guess she's not meeting me, but like at the drop off planes of where I'll be hiking into, you know, like, so they split it up into like every week there's these like drop points and people could send products there. So anyway, um, so the passport thing happens and then I'm, I end up like getting some prayer that I will get a special seat on the plane. <laughs> 
no joke. I'm like, you know, I need to sleep on this flight because it's like, I don't know, was it 16, 19 hours? Some crazy amount of hours. I think, well, I had flown to South Korea before and Ecuador. So actually I had flown, oh, by this time I had flown all over. I had been to Europe and yeah. So anyway, but I guess I was used to longer flights, but a lot of times I break up my flights and I, you know, including when I go to South America and stuff. So, so at this time I was like, I need, I really need some sleep. And, um, so I had gotten prayers that I would have favor on the plane, be able to lay down and get like an extra seat and be able to sleep. Well, it turns out I get on the plane and I'm like, I can't believe it. I have a whole row. There's like, it's crowded. And I just had a whole row. I only paid for my seat. It's I literally like, it was three seats and I laid down and got to sleep because I cannot sleep like sitting up. It's like almost impossible. I can sleep like a tiny nap. So I actually got to sleep on a night flight and lay across three seats. And I'm like really small. So it worked out perfect. It was like I was in a bed and I brought a blanket and I brought a pillow. And so I slept. And that was the only time I've slept for like eight hours on the plane. It was so crazy. So that was another miracle because also I got a word from someone that was like, you're going to be able to sleep on the plane. It was nutso. So the passport, <laughs> I get a word, I get like extra provision, like a, you know, comfort <laughs> and I get things expedited. So it's like a, a way, right? A path and comfort. And then when I'm there, the third thing is the kicker. Okay. So I had seen demons before and I'm not going to get into that at all. Cause I'll go into that in another episode, but three different times. And it's terrifying, by the way. It's, it's terrible, more like. I wasn't scared, actually. It was just terrible. Um, and so I saw, you know, just just getting these glimpses into the spir- spiritual realm, right? And I've been there, but I've had never seen angels. I haven't seen Jesus, even by the hair, the feet. I just see him in my heart. Like, I know him. We have a relationship, but I haven't got to see, like, a vision of him, like, a real vision, right? Like, right in front of you, not your head picturing it. So the spiritual realm opened up to me in New Zealand. I was in church. I was worshiping. They're all like seriously in love. That's the thing out there. These people, it's not like a mega church out here or people, Sunday Christians or like even very many newbies. It's like when people get saved and they're adults, they're like in it. And of course there were people that were newer and there were people that were exploring, but like the vast majority of the people were like seriously, um, just walking with God, hearing from God, visions, words, like knowledge dropping in their head, praying over people, healing, deliverance, all this stuff happened in this church. So they even prayed over like areas that have, you know, um, oh, I'm losing what it's called, but territory, like where there were territories that were demonically held and they would pray over them. So this was like really a walking in the spirit church. It was a really good church. And it wasn't charismatic. Like I have some issues with <laughs> some charismatic stuff and like, anyway, but it was just people who loved the Lord and you know, they walked in that and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So I was with, I was praying, we were worshiping and all of a sudden in front of me, I get a vision. I could see, I could see who was in the room and it wasn't just on my eyes. I think, yeah, I think they were closed at first they were closed and I was worshiping my eyes closed and I all of a sudden I just saw like through it was like it's so hard to describe when you get a vision but it was the room was covered like covered instead of there being aisles free there were angels Ooh, it gives me the chills every time I talk about it because I'm like oh 
Anyway, there were angels all th- I literally got like, I'm so cold right now. I just got so chill. Like I got chills all over. It was so amazing. Anyway, I'm not going to cry on this podcast. <laughs> um, I just loved it so much. And the room was just filled with angels. Just all with us worshiping God. And it was so incredible. And I wish I could see that more often. And I have not seen that in the States. I've felt the presence, but honestly, more often when I'm worshiping, it's alone that I feel the presence more. And I'm like really in a spiritual realm, not as much at church. I do think that God loves corporal worship. So I do it, but I've always like, it's always like really hit me. And, and I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit when I'm alone a lot. Cause I'm like not so distracted and it's like my cadence and whatever. Um, but in this church, I saw those angels and I, and they were worshiping God and it was the most beautiful thing ever. And that is miraculous. When God opens your spiritual eyes and you literally see in that realm, here's the thing I will give you though. It's something to cherish because you cannot control it. I think that's the problem I have with like some of these charismatic things is like thing, people just get off a little bit in their theology and their practice and what they're doing. And they're chasing an experience or emotional experience and emotional affect, and, uh, a thing they want, right? More than God. So the experience more than the real deal. It's kind of like, do you know Jesus? Do you create do you want God? Do you want Jesus? Or do you want to create Jesus? Do you want the real God in his char- all his characteristics? Or do you want a God? You know, do you want a God in your image? Or is he, you are in his image? Like, do you make up God, who God is? And he represents something to you that only takes aspects of his character? Or do you let God be God? And that's the things you don't like and the things you do like. Because sometimes, you know, it doesn't fit our expectations or our definition of what a loving God would do from our mindset, right? but we are the pot and he is the potter. We are the clay and he is the artist, right? He's the sculptor. And so, you know, if sometimes you, people chase after, like I said, an effect, affect, not an effect, but an affect, an emotional affect or a, um, you know, an image of who that is, who Jesus is, who God is, rather than who they are, just loving them for them, right? It's kind of like, do you want someone, really, you can think about relationships, right? Do you want someone who loves you for you or loves you for their their idea of you? And then you can fall down from that and, you know, you're no longer on that pedestal or that, that image of who they think you should be or are, and then you're no longer loved, right? So in the same way, like, loving God and Jesus for who they are, um, loving and cherishing that experience like the angels, but not chasing after an experience, just be one, like be one, but just be in alignment, abide in God, let him know your heart's desire, but don't go chasing after the thing, chase after him. And he knows your heart's desire. And if it's in his will, he'll give it to you. And so if he wants to expose you, and if you're doing spiritual things and your mind is on spiritual things and it's constantly being renewed and transformed into the wholeness and the purity that God wants it to be, you're going to start seeing in the spiritual realm more often. But we're consumed so often in the state of our world, the state of our life, you know, how things are around us that we spend only a limited amount of time often in that spiritual state. And it's not a new age thing. It's not a you're elevating yourself and you're awakening yourself and you're your own little mini God. So all of these things, it's careful to be mindful of them. Like, what are you chasing? Are you chasing your elevation? Are you chasing intimacy with the Lord? And so I think if you 
really examine your heart and your mind and your thoughts and all those things, the desires of your heart, those are where you can get yourself in alignment with God and you can get off track or on track, right? But but keep yourself in check and check those things because then that spiritual world realm is opened up to you and you and you're more guarded and have more discernment around, you know, not getting into these offshoots of like getting you away from God and getting yourself, right? And like all new ageism is evil, by the way. It's false light, right? And it elevates you rather than bringing you closer to God. So definitely, I don't know how I even got into that, but oh, because (laughs) going back to angels, man, I wish I could see angels every day, but I'm not going to go chasing down some experience and get some imposter filling my desire, right? Be careful what you're asking for and going after, but yeah, for sure, like as as I'm more in tune, my eyes become awakened to what's in in that spiritual realm. I see people, you know, it's another gifting, but like I'll see like the spiritualness of it's oh man, it's so hard to explain, but I can see the potential, like the the spirit of someone and the potential, and that's where I've gotten off track because I've seen things and I'll tell people or I've seen things and I'll like bet on that, right? I'll bet on that, that potential versus what is, is right. And instead I should ask God for words of wisdom to speak life and truth into that person so that they can reach that potential through God's influence and in the Holy spirit, not through my influence. So anyway, I wanted to make sure to say that somewhere in this podcast. Um, and so it's in this episode, but those are the three. So just to a real quick refresh, and then I'm going to give some scriptures that are incredible some stories and miracles from the Bible that'll that I think you're gonna see before I even like connect the dots for you uh, the parallels and how they're you know the underlying themes and the threads of resemblance between them. Yeah. So again, to recap, it's you know that passport, the expediting of of what I needed, the path just in the door just opening with ease, and then the comfort right along the way, and then the spiritual eyes and, and, and seeing into that spiritual realm, getting a clear vision of that. So those are the three. I did another trio this time because I told you I was going to go back to New Zealand and I was like, well, but this, but this, but this scripture. And so I kind of reversed engineered this one looking into scripture. And I was like, you know what? This just goes together. One, two, three. Um, and I'm going to give you the trio out of the scriptures and those examples of miracles. And then I'll give you a couple scriptures to look up and yeah, stay tuned. All right, so I can't wait to talk about this. It's pretty ex- um, exciting. <laughs> it's pretty exciting, is what I was going to say. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, oh my goodness. Okay, so wait, before I go through these, I'm going to do, so I don't know, I think some of you, depending on where you came in this podcast, uh, what series, or sorry, into the series and what number of podcasts you heard first. <laughs> if you've been following along, there's some of you have been following since the beginning, some of you popping in at different spots. So, just to kind of address it for everyone. I do a lot of these, the first round, just however it comes out. And I have in my mind what miracle I'm going to talk about. And I just do it. And I just talk about it as it is genuinely, authentically in the moment. And whatever happened, and I just tell you what happened. And then I usually have some stories in mind of what I'm going to go over. Uh, you know, the stories from the Bible that relate. And then I have some scriptures picked out usually ahead of time. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to give you three scriptures, no, sorry, three stories from the Bible 
And I want to know in the poll that I'm going to do after this, this is what I just thought about right now. So that's why I was like, hey, some of this stuff just happens ad hoc, like right in the moment. Um, so I'm going to like do a poll and I'm going to ask you if you could name the story before I tell it right now of what, you know, just guess the story that I might relate to each miracle. So I'll say the miracle first. Okay. Um, or should I say the miracles at the end and then it give you time? Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let's do it that way. Instead of being like, okay, uh, did you guess the the story? I'll tell you the story. And then you, if you guessed it, that's cool. Um, at the end of the story, I will tell you what miracle I think it correlates with. And you can see if you think the same thing. So the passport, the comfort on the plane or the angels. Okay. Oh, it's kind of fun. Okay. So the first one I'm going to do is now I have to make sure I don't say it. So just bear, bear with me a little bit. Okay. So one miracle from the Bible, because I take notes, I took notes here, um, is <laughs> reminiscent of one of the miracles I experienced. And it's Nehemiah's experience when he was granted permission by the king to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the city walls. This is in Nehemiah chapter one through two. Nehemiah prayed to God for success in this endeavor. And so he went, he goes to the king. He presents his request. Um, you know, he wants to help the, his, his team, his team, his people. <laughs> and when he re, re presented this request, not only did he have this request granted by the king, but he's like, you know what? Let's provide you with the necessary, re, necessary resources and a safe passage. This story parallels one of the miracles I mentioned. <laughs> I'm going to give you just a minute. And which one? I think you could guess, right? It's so close. Um, okay, so yes. <laughs> uh, it is dun, 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 three, two, one, the miracle with the passport. So through prayer, right, what seemed like some bureaucratic logistical delay or what would be naturally, and especially in this country and in South America, a lot of things like that happened too, was resolved more quickly than anticipated and with favor. So an expedited, um, you know, oh, I should have actually switched the order. Anyway, on that one, it was too easy. Okay, so so yeah, that's the one. Um, so I think this story parallels experience with a passport. Okay, so... I'm going to give you another miracle from the Bible. One of, hmm, how do I want to start this? I want to make it a little hard. It's so easy because it's so close. I mean, I love these and I love how close they parallel each other. Okay, so when Jesus was born, <laughs> um, there was an experience by the shepherds at the birth of his, at Jesus' birth, right? In Luke 2, 8 through 14. So this, this account, account of his birth. The shepherds were in the fields when an angel appeared to them announcing the birth of Jesus, followed by a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So yes, this is probably very obvious, right? So not, so my, per, my experience was personal and unique, right? And there was not, let's say an announcement, right? No angels were speaking, but 
the theme of like witnessing a heavenly angelic presence in worship and praise <laughs> closely mirrors this Bible miracle, right? They both demonstrate God's involvement in circumstances from the seemingly mundane, right, to the deeply spiritual, reflecting the multifaceted nature of divine interventions and as experienced in my life and through the Bible, right? So I think they both have a theme of heavenly angelic presence in worship and praise, right? So I think that obviously I'm talking about when I was in church and that one is the one that really parallels that without, you know, the angels giving a message, but, um, you know, them appearing before us during praise. So that's the thematic like similarity. Okay. Last one. So obviously we know which one this goes to, but this situation, one of the situations of the once of the situations I gave you brings to mind the story of Jesus calming the storm in Mark four verses 35 to 41. You can go directly there. Obviously this is a much more dramatic event, but the core theme is similar, right? So in this event, Jesus' disciples are in a situation of discomfort, right? And potential danger. There's a storm in the sea. It's just crazy, raging all over, and they're super afraid. And Jesus is with them, and he intervenes to provide peace and safety. So in my case, I prayed for comfort during the long flight, right? And it was answered, and it gave me space, space and peace to rest, right? Much like the disciples found calm and safety in the midst of the storm. So in the midst of the storm right? Jesus is there. He calms the storm, whether it's a real life storm or the storm of life or the storm raging inside you, right? In all these circumstances. And he does do that. And in the same way, he gave me comfort just in the mundane thing, the, the flight, right? So while it wasn't a storm brewing, it wasn't a crazy um, adventure on the sea, he gave me comfort in the midst of whatever my situation was. And he brought comfort in just favor there too and protection protection right just like he did to the disciples so those are I think that's super exciting all these different circumstances from the mundane to deeply spiritual and yet I think together it's like multifaceted you know it shows the the his divine nature right and how we can have divine interventions as we experience life in a profound way so I'm actually going to give you one more story. This one's from 2 Kings chapter 6, 15 through 17. So this is a notable biblical instance where through a vision, without an angel speaking, the spiritual, the spiritual realm is revealed. Okay. So with Elisha and his servant in the city, in the city, this account is the cities are surrounded by an enemy army. Okay. So Elisha's servant is fearful when he sees the vast force surrounding them. And Elisha prays for his servant's eyes to be opened. And suddenly the servant sees the hills of full of horses and chariots of fire. Sorry, and chariots of fire around Elisha. A vision of God's heavenly army protecting them. So they're seeing this huge army, right? Spiritual army. So whether it's angels worshiping or spiritual army, you know, you're you're just getting a glimpse into the spiritual spiritual realm, right? In this moment, the servants granted a glimpse into that realm, revealing the divine protection surrounding them in the presence of angelic figures. Elisha himself is calm and assured throughout, demonstrating his faith in God's protection. But nevertheless, they see these angels. He just knows he has them walking with them, right? So 
I think this parallels the experience with the angels in the church as well, just because we can see, really, we can be allowed to see beyond the physical realm and the physical world and, and see into that spiritual realm. And not necessarily, like I mentioned before, well, the angel, you know, communicate a message and sometimes he does, right? And sometimes people get a glimpse of certain parts of Jesus' face and Jesus shows up in front of them. But I think nevertheless, it's a powerful illustration of the presence of the activity of the divine in the world, even when it's not immediately visible to the physical eye, right? And maybe you have no knowledge or maybe you do, but you get to see into that. So I think the idea is that in, in moments of uncertainty or fear, but also in moments of worship and gratitude and praise, there's spiritual realities at work behind what we can see or physically what we can perceive at all times, at all times, whether it's the lows, the highs, the worship, the fear, the celebrating, the rejoicing, there is a spiritual realm around us. It's so amazing. So again, that's Second Kings 6, 15 through 17. Goodness gracious. There's also Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> There's a lot more I could give you, but I'm like, well, let's just share with Jacob's letter. So in Genesis 28, 10 through 17, Jacob has a dream while fleeing from his brother Esau. Do you guys remember this Jacob's letter where he sees the ladder set up on the earth? And this is in his dream. And the ladder goes from earth to heaven and angels are going up and down on the ladder. And he sees angels, right? So it's just doing the, I'm like, there's so many miracles with angels in visions. And he's giving, he, there's so many visions. But with he, with this vision, it was connecting, right? Like heaven and earth, his God's continuous presence with us. And specifically his presence with Jacob, just giving him a vision of like the angels are always there. I just had to throw this in here because I'm like, is they're worshiping with us? Maybe they're worshiping right next to you, right? And they're worshiping in heaven all the time, right? And in the spiritual realm, heaven's not some removed place, right? It's all around us. So they're literally with us at all times. And we're just going around like it's a physical world. It's so crazy that some people think they can separate their spiritual, their soul, their spirit from, you know, like just omit it from this experience, but in, just operate in a physical realm. And it's it's just... It's just denying yourself such a large portion of who you are. And I know we can get distracted, but I mean, they're just literally going up and down on this ladder to heaven. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so anyway, okay, that's like the last one I'll throw in here. Now I'll give you some scriptures. Okay, so I want to give you a verse that relates to finding calm in the midst of a storm. So Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you may be, well, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think these are a lot like Jesus calming the sea, and so that's why I wanted to mention these. And just making a way, you know, and calm in the middle of chaos. So I think that kind of relates to, you know, that, that airplane, you know, comfort. <laughs> um, and so I want to give you another verse too, in regards to 
making a way where there's no way, right? Okay, and you can always go back to the verses if you're interested in those biblical narratives. But I'm going to give you two verses here from Isaiah where he makes a way for us. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So he makes a way in the wilderness where there is no way. He makes rivers in the desert where there, are, there is no water. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My goodness. Let's just do one more. First Peter 5.7 Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And one last one. <laughs> no, let's do two more. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Okay, last one. <laughs> Romans eight thirty one. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, and making a way, let's do that one again. Isaiah 43, 16, let's just do it again. Thus says, says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, okay? Angels can communicate with us and can come before us and they can be shown to us and that spiritual world can, we can have eyes to see it. I just want to give those ones because I thought they were pretty good, pretty significant verses and pretty super encouraging. <laughs> So that's it for today. Stay tuned for tomorrow for the next episode of 30 Days of Miracles. Blessings.